Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Podcast, starring me, Dags, and Johnny Rage. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast is a powerful American pop culture podcast, and now, somewhere in cyberspace, is Johnny Rage. Actually, I'm in my truck at a drive-in McDonald's. Does that count as a really cool place, or no? I guess not. It does. That's that's America. That's Americana. Hey Diggs, I got if this we got to give the the Amish baby machine guarantee. If this podcast is not real, we will give you the microphone. I tell the backstory of that. Well, Diggs and I were doing some show prep yesterday, and we were talking about the good old days when we was youths. Um, there's nothing more Americana than a carnival or a fair. I mean, we talked, we reminisced yesterday about uh, the great Minnesota get together. The top fair in the United States, by the way, they do a really good job. Um, but they used to have uh, Little Irving. Where was he caught off of Dags again? Caught uh, off the coast of San Francisco. <laughs> if you can prove Little Irving is not real, we'll give you the truck. Was it Little Irving or Little Irving? I think it's Little Irving, but it could be Irving. I don't know. Close enough. I want to know, know what the fate is now. Did somebody finally say? win the bet and found out it wasn't real so they got the truck and it's over but anyway when we were uh youths our minnesota state fair they out there were uh fairs back in the 70s and 80s had the freak shows uh this wasn't necessarily a freak show but it was an attraction outside of the midway where there was a giant semi truck big decals with a picture uh print of little irving and the, the idea was to get you inside this i think it was a box and take a quick glance at it was just a giant whale is what it boiled out to be. but i think it was just a fascination the way they promoted this hey if this isn't real we'll give you the truck so a lot of people probably are like you know what i gotta take a look at this it's only a buck they must have done hundreds of thousands of dollars people would pour through that thing but that would kind of let's say you did finally prove to them that it was fake and they said okay fine you can have the truck would that be similar to when you're playing a midway game and you finally win that six foot fair and the crowd behind you is ecstatic and cheers <laughs> and then they give you this heavy thing and it's 90 degrees out and pretty soon as soon as you make the turn away from the booth you're like oh shit i don't really want this thing i think that would be kind of the same if you ever won the because that was what they would say if little irving is not real they will give you the truck that was and they would loop that <laughs> it was the same thing powerful over and over powerful loudspeaker oh you know you know they had in the 70s 60s 50s they had freak shows mm-hmm. and in the 80s for a short period they had super freak shows didn't last Jesus, very long super freak, super freak, 
Temptation Oh, God, I love Rick James, too. What what freak show comes to mind to you? That he was one of your favorites back then. Lobster, Lobster Boy. Lobster Boy was good. I remember seeing him. Um, what it was was uh, I loved the uh, the artwork on the outside. Oh, because, wasn't it brilliant? I mean, basically like Lobster Boy, it would be like a lobster with just a human head on it. So you're just thinking, oh my God, you got to see this. You know? Well, it was cool. <laughs> it was really bad airbrushing. I do enjoy that artwork. And it was cool because Lobster Boy was swimming and he was catching fish with his giant uh, cellopeds, well, his pincers. That was pretty. Now, you said it was bad uh, airbrush art. I didn't think it was bad. Um, I remember watching an episode of um, uh, Old Man Alert. Old Man Alert. Diggs, I might need you to insert the Warning, name of warning. Them. Give me warning, a hint. Old Man. Uh, the two guys go drive throughout the 48 contiguous. 48 pickers? Contiguous American days. Pickers? American Pickers. Thank you. But anyway, they stumbled upon some of the old airbrush freak show uh what do you call those things pictures They're, they were made of canvas yeah and i think the, art, they, the artwork that went along with the yeah. circus i can't remember exactly what it was if it was the two-headed cow or uh the bearded lady or something like that anyway they scored on that they took that to a guy that wanted it and i forget how much it was but it was very very uh lucrative for them i think they got like nine grand for five or six panels of the freak shows from back in the now this was a uh with this canvas art it was painted on canvas yeah it was painted on canvas they found like 10 of them and each each was an individual freak show item like for instance it might have been one was lobster boy one was the bearded lady one was the uh elephant man or something something similar to that they were a thousand dollars a piece basically rough Roughly about a thousand bucks a piece. They got like nine, ten grand. How old? How guys. old did they guess the artwork gonna, was? I, I want to say it was back in the forties, maybe. Uh, we could check that out, though. I'm sure you could archive pickers and find that one. So that's but actually would, not that expensive if you really think about it. I mean, it's great. the The profit was great. What did they actually pick it up for? You know, what happened with that program was when they first started, they were going around from town to town and picking people of their valuables and people that were watching felt like they were really screwing over the owners of that stuff. So they got a lot of complaints. So what the pickers did was they actually started increasing their offers because they don't want to piss people off. Otherwise nobody's going to watch the show. So they're, they're not scoring these major deals anymore. They're, they're kind of, sometimes I even watch it. I think, Oh boy, I think they paid too much for that. Because in their defense, too, it's a business for them. They have to spend a lot of time scoping this stuff out and ultimately finding the buyer that's going to give you more than what you paid for it. Um, I was watching, um, which reminds me, Diggs, I was watching uh, Rick on um, Pawn Stars, and a woman came in to try to sell him something, and they did find out it was authentic, and they wanted about ten grand. Uh, the, the, the guy who was the... Uh, I'm specialist on it, that it was worth about 10 grand. And so Rick said to the lady, okay, ma'am, we know it's 10 grand, but I have to make my money. How much do you want? And she said, well, would you give me three for it? And Rick said, no, I won't because that's too low. I'll actually give you five. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that's his new thing too? 
Well, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's his new thing. That was a, a that episode was in reruns at the time. Oh, I I just think he has enough money where he doesn't. It was an old lady, and I don't I don't think he dared to screw anybody over either. Though. But he's got to make. Did he give the history lesson too? Yeah, he, he always first, has to give the history the lesson. The first that comes in, and I'm trying to think if it was like a samurai sword. I think it might have been a samurai sword. And you know who ended up buying it was um, I might be I might be co-mingling two separate stories. But Dana, is it Dana White from the UFC? Um, you know, the bald-headed guy. Dana Carvey? No, 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 Dana. Uh, I think it's Dana White. Dana from Star Trek? Dana, D-A-N-A from the UFC Ultimate DNA? Fighting Challenge. Yes, I know, he, Dana White. He, yeah, he, he um, actually was creating in his home uh, a warrior room. And so he goes to the Pawn Stars in this, this, this samurai uh, sword. This must have been a different episode. I, but anyway, I, I don't know what made me think of this. But he paid like 60 grand to Rick for the samurai sword, of which Rick probably paid like 30 grand. And then he bought all the rest of his samurai swords because he wanted, like I said, the warrior rope. So anyway, the point of this long story was the people are stepping up to the plate now. There's no such thing as buying something for a dollar and, oh, my gosh, it's worth $30,000. Uh, those days are probably pretty much gone unless you find something from a dead relative or something like that. So. Now, to, to powerfully add to this story, uh, tell the fans of Flock of Amish. By the way, hello, fans. Hello, Flock of Amish. We love you. Hello. We have a, we, me and Johnny Rage enjoyed a powerful movie last night, so we will do a review on Pet, uh, what is it, Pet Semen, Terry? <laughs> that... you're so dirty that was a different one that was uh I was wasn't it spelled like that or <laughs> uh that was misspelled but not quite that pet dirty. cemetery we yeah. enjoyed the film pet cemetery well but... enjoyed you use the word enjoyed loosely it's very loose i hold on loosely but i don't let go if you cling too tightly you just might lose control now johnny rage i wanted you to talk about your experience on facebook marketplace which kind of blends into your story on American pickers and, uh, well, I mean, collecting is, is a huge hobby out there for a lot of people. A lot of people, uh, feel the need to go picking. We'll call it, you know, like the pickers do. You like to rummage around people's junk. I mean, they, what do they say? Another man's junk is another man's treasure. Yeah. But and, you gotta be careful nowadays rummaging around people's junk though. Why digs? I don't know. I just I set you up for a joke. I thought you were gonna finish it. All right, go on. Think of something real crafty and witty. They come back to me, and I'll say it. It'll be two, three minutes from now, but I'll say something. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, what about, what I like about Facebook? I know you're always criticizing it. It was for old people. Big deal. I'm old. I don't care. That's cool. Um, embrace it. I do embrace. It, much it. like I embrace my baldness. And you embrace my junk, like you said earlier. Yeah, but, there you um, go. Good. Anyway, it took me a while, but I. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so um, I'll edit it all together so it'll just be seamless splicing. Okay, so Facebook mar Facebook offers what they call marketplace, kind of filling the void, not filling the void, but there's been Craigslist for years. Okay, I don't like Craigslist because um, a lot of times people won't leave their phone number. They'll leave different ways, methods to get a hold of them. They'll have bad pictures. Sometimes they won't even have pictures. The response time on Craigslist just sucks. Well, it's very seedy, too. And it can be. Well, I don't know what 
area of Craigslist you're on, but well, the, <laughs> speak for yourself. Dave. Listen, a lot of people need they need help to their car, so they need an escort. So I help oh, yeah. them to their car. I escort them to. The, what are you thinking about? Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about other things, but uh, you know, remember you're talking about rummaging around people's junk. That's what I thought you'd do on Craigslist, but. Yeah, um, but I um, what's weird about Craigslist too is is how minimalist it is. It just has the hyperlinks, uh-huh. and then uh-huh. I try to figure out how do how do they make money off of Craigslist? Uh-huh. And, I, and I think it has to do with the uh, the rental properties. There's some where they actually charge a fee, but everything else is free. Well, no, slowly and slowly and surely, there. Uh, if you want to, back in the day, if you wanted to try to find uh, put a help wanted ad on, it was free. Now they charge you for it. Um, if you have real estate, they charge you for that now. What they did was they kind of threw it at us like uh, uh, heroin. Drug dealer, all, yes. Yeah, we were all just kind of using it. Oh, this is sweet. It's free. But they knew. They knew that they're setting a trap for us. And one day we'd be so addicted to it that they're just going to say, boom, now you got to pay for the service. Um, well, Facebook Marketplace steps into, the, into play. And what I like about Facebook Marketplace is I am a picker. I, I just love going stuff. Not any one particular thing, just stuff. And I love, there's no greater thrill for me than to decorate my home with recycled or repurposed furniture. So that's one area. I love antiques. You like the Roll- journey too? It's not as much the destination? Exactly. Exactly. I'd like to even start a program called Decorate My House for 500 or less. I could do it, Dave. Okay. People would hire me, they'd give me a $500 budget, and I would take care of well, it. Let's get you on video, because we do have the YouTube channel, Amish Baby Machine, mm-hmm. and it's in its infancy right now. we got a couple powerful videos by Sweet Dick, and we want you guys to follow us on Twitter, at Amish B Machine. I'm on there 24-7. Check it out. Also, make sure you like our Facebook page. We also have a powerful Instagram page, that's Amish Baby Machine. We do have a great way to help support this podcast. That is through Patreon, patreon.com. Make sure you go there and become a patron. Also, we have links on AmishBabyMachine.com. Also, we do have powerful merch. The internet is buzzing about our t-shirts. We have powerful t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, everything powerful. I got over 15 original designs. Check it out. Support our podcast. Buy our merch. The Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast is available Everywhere you can find find podcasts. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you download it, subscribe, and please leave a powerful five-star review. Johnny Rage, I think we need to get you in front of the camera. I would not be uh, opposed to that. When I, in my younger days, I did the same thing, but we don't have to talk about that. Okay. The, the, you um, needed the money, though. I needed the money. Yeah, so Every, what? I, I, I don't think anybody would judge. No. Um, but anyway, so I, I'm on the Facebook Marketplace. Just, just shopping because you can do it from anywhere. I mean, while you're watching a ball game, while you're in your truck, why am I, why am I, why I'm broadcasting the Amish baby machine? I'm actually on Facebook marketplace looking, but anyway, I love stuff and I look at it, but what I like about it, if you want something, you just push a button, ask if it's still available and people within a fair degree of time, get back to you rather quickly. Cause everybody, everybody is holding onto their phone throughout the day. Okay. So the response time and, and the transaction uh, is much quicker than Craigslist. There's so much lag time in Craigslist. A lot of times people don't look at their emails. A lot of times people lose interest and don't want to sell it. But Facebook, it's, and then Facebook, you get to see the man behind the posting. Where Craigslist, you have no idea. But Facebook, you can go to their 
their uh, profile and say, okay, is this dude for real? Where is he located? Does he look kind of sketchy? And I have really scored a couple things, Dags, I want to tell you that I scored on uh, uh, Facebook this past week alone was a dishwasher. I, I scored on a Whirlpool um, dishwasher, which retails brand new for about 700 This thing, the, the gentleman told me it was used. I don't know why he would lie to me. It wasn't used. This thing was brand new. Wouldn't you rather say to somebody, hey, this has never been used and it was used? He took the reverse approach. I don't know why, because we unpacked it and the packing uh, cardboard was still inside this thing. I got it for 300 bucks, okay? All on Facebook Marketplace. Sweet. Um, I got some, I'm big, I'm kind of into the mid-century look too. I picked up a mid-century looking couch. It is brand new, but it has that retro mid-century feel to it. Kind of like a, an office out of um, that uh, Netflix, or no, what was that? Mad Men? Remember the movie? The, the, yes. The, yeah. If you kind of, their office. So 60s uh, feel? Yeah, kind of a late 50s, early 60s. So a futuristic kind of look? Uh, we call it mid-century. Mod? What we'd say. Yeah, so it wasn't. More, more, yeah. Yeah. I should actually, you know what, Dave, I want to I wanna take a picture of my lamp. I got these on eBay, okay? And I want to send them to you, and I want to just put it on the Amish baby You machine. want the fans to see the lamps. I, I want them to see the lamps. Wanna, I did have, yeah. Just show them your goods, sweetheart. Just show them <laughs> your goods. It's the, it's the infamous leg lamp from A Christmas Story. Um, I have it. Uh, obviously, it's not the one from the, the actual movie. But a college kid with just this pure genius decided to make these things and sold millions of them. And then he also bought the house that was uh, where the Christmas story was filmed in Cleveland uh, and brilliantly bought the home and turned it into a museum. And that's one of my favorite movies. Again, I have, Jays, uh, you know how you're starting to have a bunch of collectible posters and stuff in the Amish Baby uh, Machine Recording Studios? The barn. The barn. I, I have a, uh, a poster uh the movie poster from a christmas story i'd like to frame that bring that down and add that to our collection wow the yeah, fans would love that it's, it's it's not an original one no that'd like be that. awesome so and actually what, so what we're going like, to need you to do we need you to take photos of the the lamps and that poster yes the lamps are awesome i got them off of ebay i really am excited to show those people and a christmas story it's it's rolled up kind of in a tube how you do with those posters so I have to somehow unfurl it so i can keep it straight but i'm gonna take a photo of that too and we'll we'll post that stuff get people fired up powerful yeah. speaking of fired up i went to uh i saw some stand-up comedy yesterday you know i'm always always wanting to try that but the problem is there's one problem i'm too lazy to stand up the whole time i'd be a sit down well, you're not funny either <laughs> that would help right uh, hello. yes tell us do tell us Dave. so i went to a local brewery with a friend of mine and we enjoyed some stand-up comedy and it was great powerful energy they had a bunch of different comics they had the host you know they introduced each comic and then they had the headliner and the, and the beauty for me is i have a loud laugh and i reach a point now where i don't even laugh anymore i just go Hoo! just make this kind of loud noise no why why the grunt why not a legitimate laugh because it's not that funny or what no i just i i think what i do it, it's just kind of a powerful climax of all the the, the seismic activities of the small laughs just get created into a powerful eruption. Just a, huh. 
Paul, what you've done is you've condensed it now. It, it, yes. It's for efficiency purposes. Powerful, yes, isn't it? Okay. But, but I don't. I, I never hear that on the Amish baby. Yeah, I know, because you're not funny enough. I have to, when something's really <laughs> funny, it just comes up. It just <laughs> Yeah, I just do kind of courtesy chuckles for you on this. But I, I, but it was I, I, it was freeing to be in a place where I could just laugh out loud, guffaws, you know, any, belly laughs. I was just going to say, was there any comedian that truly made you have that belly laugh and uncontrollable laugh there last night? Yes. Well, I can tell you what, what I like to laugh. I'm kind of laughing. I laugh at bad comics, too. Well, because it's so pathetic, and you're just what, what's the reason behind it? It's not pathetic, but like, I kind of like, I I kind of like the the uneasiness. I like the crowd when they're not laughing. The comedians like, oh fuck, now what? Uh -huh. And the the pregnant pauses and everything. Uh huh. But also, and I'm not making fun of the comic because here's the thing: everyone thinks they can do stand up. Everyone, whoa, I got jokes, I could do that. No, you couldn't. First of oh. all, you know, you have a couple jokes, and no, you couldn't. So I highly appreciate you know, no, anyone. Okay, let, me let me interrupt you for a well, second. Well, you are interrupting him. Uh, I, 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 my brother-in-law, too, could never do stand-up. You want to know why? Am, am I going to have to edit this out? Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Okay. So everyone thinks they're funny, they can do stand-up, and they can't. So I applaud anyone that can go up there and, and tell a joke. I mean, you, you're in front of all these people. And then you have to remember all your lines, and then you have to time it right. And even if you have a funny joke, how long is that going to last? So I applaud anyone. So when I laugh, it's not, I'm not laughing at the comedians. I, I'm just, I like the whole experience. It's like what? live music. When you watch live music, uh -huh. even if it's something you're not into, like on the radio, you wouldn't listen to it. When you listen to it live, you get the energy. You get the energy of the crowd and the buildup and the lights, and you see the 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 techs they used to call them roadies now they call them guitar techs you know and drum techs they don't like mm -hmm. to be called roadies anymore mm -hmm. but you see them tinkering and everything and you see the little flashlights going on in the building of it and you get your food ready and your drinks ready and everyone's getting excited i like the energy of a live performance music is powerful live and comedy is powerful live you're not going to laugh any harder than in in, in person in comedy it's it's just it's so intimate. You're there, versus just seeing, having something recorded. Now, don't you think, Diggs, when you get, when you pit uh, a musician up against a comedian, far hard, far much more difficult to be a comedian than to be a musician. Oh yeah, because, but, yeah. But it's kind of apples and oranges. But it, the whole thing is is just the live performance. I enjoy the energy of it. So it was it was great. Even jokes that weren't that funny. I mean, I just like the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I, I'd love to, I kind of do like some stand-up comedian stuff. It hasn't been like an, an official, official improv where I've been up on stage, but I've worked numerous functions where I've got the microphone. I've been like master of ceremonies and stuff. And there are times when you are on and there are times when you struggle. It, it's like a snowflake. No two, no two are alike. Matter of fact, I watch a lot of comedians and I, I forget the name of the guy that I was watching. He did a bit about his son, and I think the original bit he was doing was in Vegas, and the crowd was lapping it up like you wouldn't believe, just applauding and laughing and everything else. And then I saw him do the same bit at a different nightclub or something like that, and the crowd was not into it at all. The same stuff that he was saying that was such a hit in Vegas, 
just wasn't resonating with this other crowd. So you have that aspect too, when it comes to a, a, a comedian. Um, the timing and the people that are in the audience, it's always kind of a really different setting. I think it's very difficult to do. Oh, it's very uh, difficult. And, and, and now and the crowds, is, I can't imagine now with phones, mm-hmm. doing stand-up and then people being on their phones. Exactly. That's got to be huge, too, because before... Well, you got you, you to come up with a good heckle to go after somebody, you know. Hey, yeah. dude, no porn. Yeah. Uh, no porn inside. And did, did you, you know, this, this premise is bands, guns, and porn. But, um, but not podcast, not this powerful podcast. No, no, it's too powerful. We break through all those things. So a lot but, of it bugs me, too. It's like, I can see if you're dragging a, a date there, but people that are not having a good time at a comedy, why are you even there? Like, this place was, this place was good. It was packed full of people. But you're in now, a comedy show. Have a good time, you know. Did you, were, were any of the comedians where they were so bad you were embarrassed for them? It was embarrassing, embarrassingly bad. Sometimes, but I I feel a part of that's the crowd too. Give them a little, help them out a little bit. You know what I mean? So just because it's the... it's just like I see a ton of live music. The first song of any band, and I don't know care who it is, is not good yet because they haven't built the. You know, the dude running the board and everything, it's kind of, even if they do rehearsals, they don't, they get into a, a, a groove, you know, they get into a pocket, they get into whatever. And it's the same with comedy. Give them a chance, let them build, you know, and then it, they're going to find their, their lane. Yeah. And the, the really, it's coming from you that you enjoyed it so much because you're not a drinker. Okay. No, I'm high on life. So you're in there sober and you're finding this to be entertaining where most people are probably throwing back the beer there or the wine or whatever they're drinking. So if you're able to enjoy this and had a good time sober, the effect it would have on a drunk person would be tenfold better, I would assume. Okay, so what's your point? Well, my point is you were not drunk and you enjoyed it. I did. Yeah. I like comedy. I mean, that's just, I'm just duly noting the fact you don't drink. Because normally when you think about doing anything at a nightclub, listening to a band, listening to a comedian, or just going to a nightclub in general, listening to a DJ, you always think of drinking. And when you when you drink, you let your inner self go a little bit more wild and whatnot, and something might be more fun than what, you really, than what it really was, but the alcohol took over. For you, it's a true assessment of these comedians. My point is you gave a true assessment of these comedians because you were sober. You weren't even drunk, and you enjoyed it. Let's just du- duly note that for the record. Oh, okay, cool. But yeah. one one thing I did experience was a food truck. Now this place doesn't have food, but what they did is had a food truck in the parking lot, and you mm-hmm. they give you a menu and then you text your order when it's ready. I like that. Well, I didn't like it first of all because it took forever. They finally got my text, and you get a text back. You think your food's ready? Well, we just received your order. You know, what and was you get the food it, truck? It was Japanese food. It was kind of some Asian fusion. So oh. that right there, you have to pick and shoot. I mean, they had stuff like octopus. Like, mm. come on, dude. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. So I ended up getting these. Uh, they're like um, stuffed, the shape of like a meatball, but stuffed battered with uh, crab, kind of like a round crab cake and French fries. Kind of like a dumpling. Yeah, exactly, a dumpling. So it was a Asian dumpling with crab and mm. French fries. That sounds good. It does, but the portion was tiny. It was like literally, I'm not exaggerating, three little tiny Super Bowl-sized 
dumplings and and a, a handful of fries. Well, it must have been because when we went to the movie, you had like this <laughs> giant garbage can tub of popcorn and oh, 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 oh. powerful. We, we yeah, we will segue into that. Um, <laughs> Talk about octopus. So I you had about eight hands just feeding yourself. I enjoy the foods. <laughs> <laughs> so did the floor and the chair I, and <laughs> La Dolce Vita, that's sweet life. <laughs> oh man. You drink and be merry for tomorrow oh, meeting. Never why come. Not? Exactly. Right. God bless you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was my uh food truck experience. Have you had a food truck experience? Other than that one time in the truck. I have. And it, but... and it, <laughs> it involved food too, but Oh, food truck? And yes. Said, yes, I, I know. I know. Else. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Forgive me. I, I was. Um, you know, uh, I do many. I'm. I'm. I do many carnivals and events, and I'm surrounded by those food trucks. What's the difference between a carnival and a fair? Uh, the carnival traditionally is the midway that comes with the rides and the and the and the uh, the, the games of chance, um, and the uh, um. Freak show, that would be your carnival. The fair is all the other things that kind of surround it. You bring your cattle and you, you know, the FFA or whatever, and then the food booths and all the other exhibits, stuff like that. So, God bless America. The, God bless America, I know. And then carnival is a basis of eating meat, it has to do with the religious celebration You're, of Lent and eating meat. Aren't you thinking you're carnivorous? Yes, that's it. Carnival, that's the basis of the word. And Carnival, too, is a cruise ship. That, uh... Now, Johnny Rage, uh, so the food truck experience, you've enjoyed food out of a truck. Absolutely. I'm eating food in my truck as we speak. What I'm are you eating right now? I'm uh, nothing. Can you throw? No. Um, I'm having cheese balls. I was trying to do it discreet and quiet, but so I'm, I'm eating out of a food truck. Does that count? Does that qualify? Yeah, sometimes when you eat Cheetos, you end up having cheese balls. Now, Johnny Rage, do you want to get into the powerful movie we saw, Pet Cemetery? Because you no were talking like about my, my meal that I enjoyed at the movie theater. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I, you know, truth be told, I think I enjoyed watching you eat your garbage can of popcorn versus the movie. You were much more entertaining. Just, arr, arr, arr. Well, I felt gypped <laughs> by my little uh, crab balls. Uh, I'm a big, I, powerful man. I need a big, powerful meal. <laughs> it reminded me of when the Cookie Monster, because he was a, a puppet, he could never really eat the cookie. Yes, the but... food never, it just <laughs> fell out of his mouth. <laughs> that, was, that was you with that popcorn. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like, do you want any of this? And you're like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Licking my oh, fingers man. and diving. In. What I had, it was powerful. It was a powerful mix, though. It was. It was uh, cheese corn mixed with caramel corn. What do you think on that? I, I think it sounded really good. Um, but when I'm at a movie theater, I don't want the pomp and circumstance. I want old-fashioned butter. And I want to hire somebody to butter the popcorn properly because it's truly an art. Most times you go there, and I tell them, I want butter at the halfway mark when you fill this thing up and butter on the top. And... It never fails. They never put enough on the top or the middle. You always take those first six kernels, and it's like, oh, the gooey butterness of this is wonderful. And then the next, it's like it's dry again. And you're like, what? It's like the pot, they're so um, stingy with that butter. And it's not even butter. It's like corn, not kind of, kind of, kind of oil or whatever. 
Yes. But I just I, I just need to like hire a personal chef to take with me. You should have a personal assistant. To the movie theater to properly apply the butter and the popcorn. And I always say to myself, okay, I, I don't like those those super jugs of popcorn. I just like a little dainty pack. And I always say to myself, okay, no, I'm not going to eat this before the movie starts. I'm going to save it this time for the movie. It never fails. Movie starts. Credits are rolling. My bag is already crumpled up and on the ground. <laughs> I'm done with the popcorn. I have this problem where I like to see the food while I'm eating it. Like in the darkness, I don't, when you eat something, you can't see it. See, it must, food to be good must, you must experience all the senses, touching, smelling, <laughs> seeing, everything. <laughs> so the problem I had last night with that powerful mix is I had the the cheddar corn, cheese corn, and then the caramel corn. And I didn't do uh, layers like you did stratification. I did it all mixed up and it was too overwhelming to me. Did, did they give you the option though? Would they have done like the first half caramel? And the yeah, and I should have done it. I was, I just said, I told the person to go nuts. You know, those are tough decisions in life. I mean, how do you know what's right or what's wrong? And if you screw that up, you know, that could be frustrating. You look back on it now and look at, look at how distraught you are over making the wrong decision on how to. I know. It's just, those are tough. You know, what's cool tough. about the movie theater was it was this weird gypsy movie theater. Mm-hmm. Where you can tell it was the original movie theater, and then it just got bought out. It's kind of like those restaurants where it was a chain restaurant, and then it turns into an Indian restaurant, mm-hmm. and it keeps the same facade. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this place, we go into this place, and they have this huge, uh, what's the entrance call where you buy all the tickets, you know? This yeah. huge, huge glass ticket booth set up for dealing with hundreds of people. It's like not, the glory days, like 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 they would have lines of thousands at some point. Yeah, so it's not even staffed. So we just walk right in there, and there's no one around. And then we end up, and everything looks a little off. Like the pop, remember the pop selection was a little off. Mm-hmm. And, and the candy's a little off. And then it turns out you buy your ticket where you buy your concessions. Isn't that right, weird? The, no, from a business standpoint, that makes sense to me, especially that theater, because they're never that busy. Why hire somebody to stand at each section? You got to double up on that stuff. No, but what and, I'm saying is I'm not used to that. At the no, I I understand, but you got to roll a punch today. Um, I, I, what I dislike about that theater is, like you said, the pop selection. Nobody does that anymore. Now you've got those Coke machines that are they have their, their touch and go, and you play Robots. with them. You got like yeah, you got like 300 different. If you want grape, there's like 400 different versions of it. Well, this, you look at it, and it's still, you're like, root beer, Sprite, Coke, which one do you want, sir? And you're like, really? That's it? That's like when you go to a party and, like, do you have anything to drink? Well, Larry has diabetes, so we have Diet Mountain Dew. It's, well, I don't fucking care. Why don't you have something for me? I know Larry's got diabetes, but I want something besides Diet Mountain Dew. Exactly. Hook a brother up. Exactly. I agree with you on that one, 100%. This this movie theater's got to hook a brother up. I like my Fanta grape. Yes. Give me my Fanta grape. You want your man. grape drink. I want it. And if I, I demand it, you know. Grape is a it, powerful but, flavor. But here's the deal, though. That movie theater, you know, at one time, though, those seats were renovated to the seats that we were sitting in. And those were like the, 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 the top-notch seats of the day. And now those, I'm, I'm looking for the button always. We've gone to that movie yes. theater you know, two, three times. Because I'm so used to that big, snuggly recliner. 
and like, oh crap, there isn't. That's right, we're in these old uh, archaic seats here, you know. Um, I gotta admit, it made it, and and I wasn't. We'll talk more about the movie. It made it much more difficult to sift through that movie because of the seat, you know. And nowadays, you know, I mean, they're just struggling to get people in seats, so they, that's why they have to upgrade everything. Right. You wonder if it's if it's a movie theater though that size. I mean, that's like one of the biggest theaters around. They've got like how many screens? Twenty. I know that's pretty common now, but usually it's like twelve, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. No, it's actually like a huge setup. Oh, it's huge! It was like for days gone by, you know. Um, I wonder how they do on the weekends. We've always been there on the Tuesday, but we saw Pet Cemetery, and I think this is the first week that would hit a five-dollar movie Tuesday. Other theaters are packed on that first Tuesday that a movie comes out because it's five bucks. This place, what was there, six of us in there? Oh my god! And I think it's because of the little town we were in has this up-to-date, state-of-the-art movie theater with it has a you know huge screen. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt the competition's not been nice for this theater but maybe with this new ownership group they're gonna upgrade that and it's always got weird names too you know what it's always happy fun time you know it's some foreign company bought it and they just hey, slap a, slap on some a movie shit. happy fun time yes. yeah okay so tell the fans of flock of Amish your thoughts on pet cemetery well the beauty with this movie review is we we can't have a um spoiler alert because it's been out before yeah, everyone's dead. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're bored and you want to go see a movie, we'll call it a popcorn movie where you're not like Dags, you know, explosive popcorn. He just is like, <laughs> like, you're, just like this, you're like this waterfall. It just, this popcorn just is like, I enjoy it. I enjoy life. <laughs> I'm sorry. But anyway, that was sometimes I want to just hurl it at people in the audience. Uh, but at, the, but but at that know, shitty movie theater, there's like six people. So. I wouldn't be able to you know, launch it that far. I, you know, I love the horror movie, but I wonder if I'm not any getting sick of them because there's not really much more you can do. Like we were talking about yesterday, when you grab the knife, they've got that that same sound effect, no matter wh- what knife is being grabbed. You know, um, it always this movie sets up for those people that haven't seen the original. I did not, but I've I've heard a ton about it. But there's always a fresh beginning for the family, and it was the same. This guy was fed up with his, he was a doctor. He was fed up with it. So they wanted to find a good living in the country, you know? And it always starts out fun and happy. The family's driving, the dad's doing dad jokes, and mom's laughing and getting a kick out of the connection that the family has because he's love. There's so much love as they, as they start their journey, you know? But like with all movies, as time goes on, there's always some hidden truths that come out, what they're really escaping, you know? And the mom had some deep, dark past with her sister who was crippled up and she was terrified by by her. She thinks that she actually caused the death of her sister and um, that's haunting her. And the hauntings seem to be coming out more and more frequently ever since this family moved out to the country to this house that actually is on 50 acres and part of the acreage encompasses the pet cemetery. Okay. so they get out there, they're all excited. Oh, look at this. And then slowly but surely, these things kind of just reveal themselves. And uh, they see these this young group of kids with these masks on, each one like a bunny mask and a dog mask. And, and it's kind of haunting in and of itself just to see these kids marching down this wood, this path in the woods 
and you're kind of like, what are they doing? Well, they've got this dog in a wheelbarrow who's apparently dead, and it appears that they're going to do some type of a uh, burial for this. Pagan ritual. A ritual, yeah. Um, Well, of course, the young girl, you know, her mom pulls her back. Honey, this is kind of too freaky for me. Let's go back in the house. Well, curiosity, as they say, kills the cat. Um, She leaves mom again, but really goes to the pet cemetery to find out what is happening. And then, of course, she finds the neighbor, Judd, the old man, who is played by John Lithgow. Yeah, it's kind of sad you didn't see the original because you would have loved it. It was played by Herman Munster. I love Herman Munster too, Fred Gwynn. Gosh, so you're going to need videos. to you're going to need to watch it then. I think. You think that'd be on Netflix? Oh, yeah, you can find it. Trust me, you can probably find it for free somewhere. Was it? Let me ask you this, Dave. Was there ever a Pet Cemetery too? You know, it's funny you said that because I never see sequels, and I'm sure there was. But yes, I mean, I'm I, I'm sure there was. When I left that movie, I'll theater, look it I up thought, as we speak. Okay, because when I left that movie theater yesterday, as I I always kind of replay it in my mind and think to myself what did i like what didn't i like but i was really thinking you know what movie i think would be better is the current state of how the family was left off in the movie to start the movie at that point and then enter a new family to the picture and and call pet cemetery 2 i think that would be a better movie than than the pet cemetery but again oh yeah i totally blanked out of course there was pet cemetery too was there okay yeah and it was uh and it was, was it star uh <laughs> star studded it had uh ed furlong from the terminator he was a little kid from the terminator too okay they had clancy brown powerful character actor the highlander anthony edwards you know okay. him cool uh goose from top gun mm-hmm. so yeah there was i don't know how i forgot that but pet cemetery 2 uh came out in 1992 okay yeah yeah, that that would I, I would probably look forward to watching that. But um, yeah, I don't know why I, I just kind of I had a I think it's talking to you. My I just kind of blanked out. I know I dumb you down. You always yes, say that. You do. And and you know um, how you hang out with people and you start speaking like them, their accents. Mm-hmm. You affected my brain tissue. Good, good. Um, but getting back to the movie, there's no real effect. There's some movies like The Conjuring, where you get that moment where you kind of jump in your seat yes i I never had that throughout this movie to me it was to me it was pretty predictable for the most part nothing real horrifying other than the little girl killing her own mother and i thought and then and then the father's trying to kill the little girl because he's the one that brings her back to life but how difficult would that be? I kind of put myself in these positions. If it yeah, it is. Life. It is weird. It was the whole disturbing, the, everything about it. You know, the kids, uh, you know, the semi and everything about it was disturbing. It wasn't a fun horror movie, mm-hmm. at least in the original and Pet Cemetery 2. I'll have to watch it again because I can't even remember it. But there was a little sense of humor. There was jokes. What you do you, in comedy, what you do is you, you insert comic relief you know you build tension and then you release the tension through a joke you know mm-hmm. and in this there was nothing it was horrible you know i mean it was all cliched you know and for you it was kind of cool because you didn't see the original so you don't have nothing to compare it to mm-hmm. but i i compared it to the 1989 movie and you know fred gwynn john lithgow did a good job he did but the other the other actors the little girl did a pretty good job when she when she you know crossed over I thought that was pretty good. And they had little allusions to the original show. Mm. But all in all, 
all in all, and and you're right about horror movies. It's almost like superhero movies. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what you can do anymore. Right. Um. When when you, uh, Dave's remember? Do you remember when um. The father first brought his daughter back to life, and he's giving her a bath, and he's combing her hair, and her locks are kind of pulling out as he's stroking her hair with the brush. And then he sees in the back of her skull, like some stick. Was that staples? Yeah, her head was stapled together. Okay, I didn't get it. Who would? How would that have happened? I don't. I don't know if that had to do with the autopsy or you know or embalming. No, they don't embalm or do any. I mean, they know when the girl's hit by a truck. I don't think there's an autopsy. I, I I didn't. Other than it was it was freaky, but it's like okay, how did they get stapled? Anyway, whatever. So, um, it was uh, I I I don't give it high marks. I mean, if you, there's not much at the movie theater right now. I think if it was to compete with any Marvel movie or a Godzilla movie or anything, I don't think it would do that well. I'm kind of curious to see what it did at the box office. I'll tell you what, though, they promoted the heck out of this thing. I remember seeing this trailer, the trailer for this, I think, for a year. And and finally, when I was at the movie a couple months ago, I saw the trailer, and I'm like, didn't this thing get out yet? Because they pounded the promotion on it. Yeah, and it's it. all the cliches, the cat. Like, what happens when a cat's evil? It hisses, right? Mm-hmm. Well, cats hiss normally. They're always evil, so that's stupid, you know? No, oh, it's scary. Don't you hiss scary. at me. Don't you hiss <laughs> at me, The cat's scary because it's really dirty. Mm-hmm. And that's how it got scary. It just got hit. They just put uh, dirt on it. Well, it was I mean, very it was frightening. Kind of, it, it was kind of an evil looking cat, though. Sinister. I mean, uh, no doubt. Yeah. But but, I, thought it was, I thought it was pretty wicked the way the daughter, when she's turned crossed over, you know, was, you're not my daughter. You know, she says to the little girl, and the little girl takes that knife and just right into the stump. I never saw the movie, the original one. I'm thinking mom gets away. You know, dad comes in and helps. But no, it uh, doesn't happen. And, uh, of course, I, I won't tell much more because maybe other people <laughs> yeah, like you're, Spoiler like alert, a little late for that. But well, it's just, you know, um, how many uh, buggy wheels? You know, I'm, can I create a new system? No, but I'm gonna what's your, you, you say your new system right now. I'll give you the one time. It's a, meh. How's that? Oh, you, know how you, got that la- you know how you got that compacted laugh that you've created for comedians? Yes. I've got I've got this noise for movies I don't care for. Nah. Yeah, kind of, kind, a meh, kind, of, kind of a meh. Kind of a meh. Kind of a not so much. Yeah, I'll nah. uh I'm gonna give it the meh award. So I will give it two. Two buggy wheels out of five. Okay. So we both we're both pretty similar. Yeah. Me me see the the thing is at least with, with bad horror movies, if they're campy enough, then they're good, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You gotta have a little comedy, you gotta have a little camp in it. Because you're not going to scare anyone, and I, I'm tired of the you know using the sound effects to shock people. And uh-huh. they did feature a dumb waiter though. There's, it's always good when a movie features a dumb waiter. Yeah, how often has that been done too? Every old horror film and that mansion's got the dumb waiter. You know, um, now with technology, they probably have smart waiters, right? Yeah, no doubt. You sounds like one of your sounds like dumb. one of your powerful jokes. Well, we should change it to be politically correct. It shouldn't be a dumb waiter. It should be a oh. Uh, a, intellectually challenged waiter so server like a, no we can't call them waiters anymore server it'd be so we're gonna call it a digs oh too soon yeah yeah i, I had an idea about you know we mm-hmm. have that caravan approaching the mm-hmm. southern border 
Okay. Why doesn't Dodge get together and create, bring back the Dodge Caravan? And they can all That's come up That's a great point. I, I love it. What a great marketing gimmick for them and for... Yes. You don't think people in Mexico would just jump all over that? <laughs> powerful comedy. Powerful comedy on this powerful episode. Johnny Rage, did you have a good time tonight? I really did, Dave. Yes. Powerful episode. Powerful. We thank everyone that listens to the show. We love them. And if Johnny Rage could, he would make love to all of you, too. Awesome. <laughs> uh, and until I'm next time. I'm going yeah. to videotape you eating popcorn for the flat. Okay. okay. Just describe it, though. Isn't it? It's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> like, like it sounds like a waterfall. I thought it was at the, the fountains down in Vegas. Where just <laughs> The Bellagio? Yeah, they should play They should play that. Time to say goodbye. Yes, maybe, I should, maybe we should do a video of me just scarfing down popcorn while the beautiful... Andrew Botticelli is playing uh, Time to Say Goodbye. In slow mode. Too, yes. Right? <laughs> All right. It's, it's, a, it's an experience. Yes. Well, yes. Oh, you're, are you going to say the, the, the until next time? Go ahead. Until next time. You're supposed to say until next time you just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine podcast. Go ahead. Nobody does it. Nobody does it as good as you do, Dave. Okay. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine podcast. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Amish Baby Machine Podcast. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast is available on iTunes and on the Stitcher radio app available for iPhone, iPad, Android, and Kindle Fire. Please follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine and visit our webpage www.amishbabymachine.com. Thank you for listening. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production, all rights reserved. <laughs>